you know what they say. Two heads is better than one. I'm going to pass over the mic to my co-host, Zach Attack. What's going on, Zach? Well, what's going on, my dude? Happy to be here as always. And it is crazy that the Super Bowl is over. The NFL season is wrapped. And I know we say it every year, but that season just flew by. There's nothing else like it. And I know that a lot of people, and rightfully so, like to give some heat to Roger Goodell at times. And he's not the perfect commissioner by any means, but it is just unreal what the NFL has built. The fact that you know, we're going to be going into an offseason full of questions, and we already know there are just going to be a ton of big moves, a ton of things to discuss, and there really is no offseason. So I understand Roger Goodell's not perfect, but his league is at the top right now. And I think uh, watching that Super Bowl on Sunday in that setting in Arizona between those two teams, man, that was just the NFL at its best. Uh, what a game, and I can't wait to get into it, and happy to be here as always. Absolutely, Zach. You just open up the pathway. You just open up a door that I'm ready to walk right into because um, I was actually going to start off later. But since you said that about Roger Goodell, I think it's time that I actually call my number here and address this situation. Primarily because Zach kind of opened the door for me. The NFL really do need to get this act together. Um, I actually disagree with Zach just a little bit. Like I see where Zach is coming from. NFL cash king. We saw the viewership numbers in the NFL. Job well done from that aspect from that avenue from that department but the nfl needs to get their act together and act like they care about the little things because it's the little things that if they keep ignoring it's going to tear down the empire you know why empires collapse in history because of cockiness because you fail to realize the little things because you're at the top you're the kingpin so you think that there's nothing i could work on and get better at and that's when you collapse the reason why i bring all this up is because the referees was garbage the whole entire year. Roger Goodell came out and said, the referees were the best that it's ever been. What are you, dummy? We know what we saw. The referees decided not only the Super Bowl, right? And I don't know if we can actually say they decided the Super Bowl, but they made a bad pivotal call in the Super Bowl, but they definitely had a large hand in the conference title games. Both of them, you can argue. Not just the Chiefs and the Bengals here. I'm not only picking on them. I'm talking about the Eagles and the 49ers. So you talk about the bad refereeing that Roger Goodell is turning a blind eye to. Okay. Number two, you saw the field. Guys were slipping and sliding. And, and, and guys, what are we doing here? It's the Super Bowl. This is the biggest game in America. Some guys could have got hurt. Some guys could have ended their careers. What are we doing here? Care about the little things. Take care of the little things. All right. Because guess what? As soon as you know it, you never know if those little things that you ignore. Is going to bring down what we know as the kingpin, the NFL. But anyway, Zach, I'm going to pass it to you to answer this question. Did the holding penalty unfairly cost the Eagles a Super Bowl? Yeah, well, so before I get into that, I'll react quickly to, to what you just said. And you did make a lot of valid points. I've been saying it forever. I'm just so used to it. I'm just so numb to the fact of the officiating is this bad. And there are certain calls that really do or could determine what ends up happening in the game and with this call in the in the Super Bowl Eagles Chiefs here's what I'll say right I think that if you're gonna make a call in that situation in that magnitude of the game this is how I personally view it like it has to be oblivious and I think like I'm, I'm curious to know like did the referee realize the impact that call was going to make like did he realize when he threw that flag that I don't know if he necessarily realized how good of a position it put the Chiefs in because that call really did dictate like uh, the, the Eagles just would not have a lot of time with the ball left. 
and uh, Kansas City really benefited from that. Now, Bradbury, he admitted it after the game. He did hold them. But my thing with the call was I want the referees to be consistent with it all game. And I feel like anyone who's ever played a sport knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? If an umpire in baseball is bad in one particular way, right? He's calling the high strike every time. That's annoying, but at least he's consistent. And at least we realize what he's doing. And the thing about that call that I just didn't love in that spot of the game was the fact that the referees really weren't called calling uh, penalties on plays like that that were even worse. Like, ironically, James Bradbury held Juju Smith-Schuster earlier in the first half, and the Chiefs was, was going crazy that it wasn't called a pass interference, and that call was way worse than that one. But that's my take on the call. It was technically a penalty. Bradbury admitted it. But I feel like if you're a referee and you're making that call in that spot, you have to realize the damage that's being done. And I'm very curious to know, like, did the referee realize what he did? And what's he thinking about the call now, just a few days later? Does he still feel good about it? Um, I think he probably feel good about it because he probably got paid off. He probably using his money to go to Cancun. Do you really believe that? Like, who paid him? No, he, he probably got paid off. I mean, look, to be honest with you, even if he didn't get paid off, it's a bad look. because. To answer the question, was it a bad call? It was bang, bang. And I don't even think it's about it being a bad call or not. It's about the impact that it will have on the game. You heard the saying, holding could be called on every single play. And these are professional football players, athletes that play the game that's telling you that. Tom Brady even came out and said holding can be called on every single play. So if we have players that say holding could be called on every single play, then I'm going to take it for his word. I'm going to take these players for their word. And it comes down to it, why would you call this holding play or holding penalty at this time in the game? I think it robbed us. It robbed the fans. It robbed the Super Bowl. This was a great game prior to that call. And the fact that the game ended that way, I'm not going to come on this mic and say that was a classic Super Bowl because it wasn't. That call, that can never be the headliner of a Super Bowl, a bad call. It can never be the headliner. These were two great quarterbacks on the field. Nick and Tuck, Nick and Tuck. And then we get to a point where we came to see Jalen Hurts match what Mahomes did in the previous possession. That could change lives. That could change opinions. That could change money. I know people would have been like, oh, you never know. They probably would have scored. Dummy. I know that. They probably wouldn't have. But it robbed them of the opportunity for us to see them try to score and match what Mahomes did on the previous possession. So you have to be a brave guy for you to go in your pocket Knowing the situation, knowing the magnitude of the game, the Super Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, and you have some nerve to come out your pocket with that flag and throw it. Zach, one more point here before I send the rock back to you. I remember the game that we talked about when it was happening. We was texting back and forth in the 99 pod chat when the Eagles played the Washington Commanders, and I believe it was a late hit on Taylor Heineke. I thought it was an obvious call, right? To end the game. And I thought it was obvious. Like it was late hit. But there was some people who was like, why would you call that? It robbed the Eagles of a possession to match that and have a chance to win and keep their streak alive. So if these people, these same heads, have an issue with that, how could we not have an issue with a holding call? Ultimately, deciding and cementing, right, the Chiefs as the champions. Yeah, so here's my thing, right? I totally agree with you. It was a bad call, and I definitely would not have thrown the flag if I was the referee in that situation. But 
I just think in in 10 years, and I think this will age. Like, obviously, the game is still fresh in our minds. We still remember the call and what happened. I think that game was just so good and so high level that in 10 years, when we think about uh, Super Bowl 57, we're just going to think about Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts going back and forth, blow for blow in a classic game. And there were so many things from a football perspective that really surprised me. Like the Eagles were the best rushing team in the NFL the entire season. And I thought the real direction for them to win this game was running the ball straight down Kansas City's throats because they have an elite offensive line. They have a great running game and the Chiefs outrushed them in this game. I don't think anyone had that on their bingo card. A big concern for me was I didn't know if Jalen Hurts was fully 100% healthy because the Eagles weren't really tested in their two playoff runs. Uh, he was missing throws in the 49er game, missing receiver after receiver. That The one play to Devontae Smith to start the game, that shouldn't even have been a catch, to your point, uh, on the referees. That really uh, dictated the start of that game. And Jalen Hurts is just throwing BBs to Brown, to Smith, to Goddard every single time. The Eagles get off to a big lead. Kansas City counters immediately in the second half. Uh, they're trailing most of the game, and they just find a way to win. Uh, that game was just really high level to me. Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni going back and forth. I thought Sirianni's game plan in the first half was really good. It was really effective. But as the game went on, the experience of Andy Reid uh, really showed, and, and he did a great job coaching that team. And I have some thoughts on him as well. But, uh, yeah, I'll throw it back to you, man. I just thought that was a high-level game. And – Jalen Hurts and, and Patrick Mahomes both answered every question I had. There's a reason both those guys were one and two in the MVP voting. I think for me, when you talk about remembrance and remembering something that you live, you can't remember nothing that you didn't live. So when you talk about the point of we only going to remember who won the Super Bowl, yes, that's accurate because we're going to reflect back to rings, the conversation about rings. But you cannot remember – it if you didn't live it like watching michael jordan who people say is the goat is different from watching him on youtube and actually seeing him and living those moments watching the nba finals it's a totally different experience so anybody right now that's commenting on that conversation they're just watching youtube videos and comparing it to what they living and what they're seeing live with lebron james how do you even compare that so Yes, you're right in the sense that we're going to reflect on this game and talk about, well, 35 to 38 or something like that. It was a high-scoring game. Classic. Cool. But those who lived it, no. And we're going to go in our grave knowing what was a fraud. And this Super Bowl run was a fraud. And I'm going to start to heat up here and start to amp up here and ramp up here because on Monday, salute to my cousin. You know it's all love, my guy. It's all love, bro. But um, we got in a very, very intense debate. Probably the biggest debate we ever had. And we had a lot of those because I called the Eagles run fraudulent. First of all, this whole Super Bowl was fraudulent. And I'm explaining all those reasons why. So before y'all go and turn the channel and, and have your minds fixated on how y'all going to come back, my point, just hear me out for a second. Okay. Because number one, the Eagles defense, supposedly number one and number two in the whole entire NFL. And I'm going to talk about the scheme, the X's and O's later. All right. I understand the defensive coordinator did not show up to the game. I understand that. OK, I want to address that. But you have all these talented guys on the on the field. Hassan Reddick, you know, James Bradbury, you know, um, Gardner Johnson, Darius Slay, who's getting cooked by Kadarius Phony. Right. You got all these guys and they did not show up and make one play. OK, like I understand the X's and O's is a very important thing. But come playoff time, when the game is slowed down. 
you can use your talent to make plays. Okay. And they didn't. Nobody showed up. Drive after job, they kept scoring, scoring, scoring. You telling me that's not fraudulent? When you look at all the quarterbacks they played all year, you know me, I'm consistent. I talk about the schedule and the NFL schedule and how it's very important to a team's success. I said that on the record. You can dig it up. I've been saying that. So everything I'm saying, although you may not agree, it falls in line with what I've been preaching for the last two seasons. And Zach, you was here on this show and you can vouch for that, right? So you talk about the quarterbacks that they played. The best quarterback they played was Trevor Lawrence. And that's before Trevor Lawrence got going. Before, you know, that game was in a typhoon, by the way. And before he really got going. The playoffs. Daniel Jones and the Giants were never talented. We knew they were frauds. They were never going to make the Super Bowl. And you already beat them, smoked them two times in the calendar year, now three. And they quit and laid down the mat in the first quarter. You beat them, okay? Then Kyle Shanahan, just like how Bill Belichick ran out of coordinators, Kyle Shanahan ran out of quarterbacks. CMC is taking the snap. Oh, snap. Wow. So you beat them. Now you get to the Super Bowl. And the moment you play a top quarterback who most people say is the best quarterback in the league by a mile who when you played anybody in his caliber, you get tested and you can't make a play. You can't even get a sack. You can't even get a takeaway. I can understand people saying, well, game was close, right? 38, 35. Yes, it was. But if your defense made a sack or interception, then maybe I'm singing a different tune. They ain't do one thing. One more thing, Zach. Right? I got one more thing to add on to that. Not only was the schedule and the quarterbacks that they played, but it's this stat right here that nobody's talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, brace yourself. You know what this historic stat said? Teams were 39-0 and 0 when they scored 35 or more points in a conference championship game and a Super Bowl. All right? Literally, 39-0 when they scored at least 35 points or more in a conference championship game in a Super Bowl. So not only was the Eagles defense terrible, it was historically bad. It was the worst defense to ever lace them up in the playoffs, period, based on that stat and that magnitude of a game. So I'm not just overreacting. Cuzzo, hear me out. I know you're watching the show. You're my guy. I love you, Cuzzo. But I'm not overreacting here. I got stats to back it up. Oh, and one more, Zach. I promise. One more, and I'm going to send it right over to you, and I'm going to shut my mouth up. Let's not talk about the DeMar Hamlin situation and the impact that it had on the seating. Because if Buffalo won that game in 3-7, to seven, we can't tell if a team is going to win by 3-7. to seven. That would have changed the whole outlook of the playoffs and who's going where and who's playing who in the first round. So for me to come on the mic and say it's a fraudulent Super Bowl, period, I mean that. But, of course, I'm pretty sure people are not going to care what I say because they think it's the NFL, which it is. But I just gave you all the facts, and I'm going to pass it to Zach. Yeah, well, so here's my thing, right? I totally see where you're coming from, and I actually think it's fair to say that the Eagles' defense was overrated because I brought it up last week. This is part of the reason why I picked the Chiefs to win this game was because we had the evidence that even when the Eagles played decent quarterbacks like Jared Goff, like Dak Prescott, I, I, I think you're right about Trevor Lawrence. He really wasn't a made man yet in, in that uh, early season game, but those two quarterbacks lit up the Eagles' defense. And I do think, you know... Brock Purdy, if he doesn't get hurt, I still think the Eagles win that game. But 
it's just a huge difference playing Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones to playing Patrick Mahomes. And I just think part of it is that the NFC was just a terrible conference. Like the AFC versus the NFC is the SEC versus, you know, the Sun Belt in college football. The difference this season is that big. And I feel like with the AFC every year, whoever's going to win it is going to be like, holy crap, how did we just win that uh, that conference? There's so many good quarterbacks. But I look at the NFC right now, and it's the complete opposite. So I think the Eagles defense, it's definitely fair to say it's a little overrated. But I do have a few questions, though, that I want to uh, – I'd love to know what you think of these. So I think when it comes to the Eagles defense, right – they didn't play great, especially in the second half. You know, Mahomes drive after drive after drive is carving them up. But a few things, right? If I would have told you before the game, I'm pulling uh, the numbers up right now, but if I would have told you before the game that Patrick Mahomes would, would go 21 for 27 with 182 yards, three touchdowns, which really stands out, that's good. And Jalen Hurts plays the game of his life. He's 27 for 38. 304 yards, one touchdown, uh, one touchdown on the in the air, but he rushed for three, tying Terrell Davis's Super Bowl record. So if I'm telling you all these things, I feel like most people would think, oh, you know, the Eagles won this game, but Kansas City, they made some plays that really won them the game. The fumble, uh, Nick Bolton takes it all the way back. Uh, the one mistake Jalen Hurts make, fumbles the ball. Chiefs take advantage of that. And the Eagles special teams, their punting unit, which was really bad all season long, that cost them. And Kadarius Toney has the long touchdown return. So those two plays really shifted the game in Kansas City's favor. And when it comes to the Eagles defense, like, yeah, I think it's fair to say they're overrated. I never thought they were an all-time great defense or the best defense in the league. Like, I always thought San Francisco's defense was clearly the best in the league. And Kansas City put up 40 on them early in the season. So my question is, when you look at the Eagles defense, I think it's fair to call them overrated, but what were your expectations for them against Kansas City in this spot when Andy Reid is 28-4 and in his career coming off of a bye? And we're in the year 2023. Like, one thing I've realized about football is immediately when the rules clearly favor the offense, Andy Reid becomes the best coach in the NFL. Bill Belichick, he's clearly far behind right now. You know, back 15, 20 years ago, when the rules really uh, favored the defense, Bill Belichick was the best coach in the league. And you're facing an all-time great quarterback in Mahomes. You're facing an all-time great coach in Andy Reid. So, honestly, I think it's fair to call the Eagles defense over uh, a little overrated. And that's why I picked the Chiefs to win. And that's why I'm not exactly shocked what we just saw. I think for me to answer that question and the way how it was worded, the only thing I was expecting, I was expecting the sack. Like, the way how we beefed up this defense, the Eagles, oh, they're the, they the rough riders. Rough, rough, rough. You don't want to see them. They take your life away. Yeah, I'm expecting to see a sack on a guy on one leg. A guy that's hopping around here, okay, on one leg. Literally on one leg. Sprained ankle, all that. On one leg. I'm expecting to see a sack. Maybe a takeaway would help. Maybe a pass defender would help. I'm not expecting to see score after score after score. Right? They made one stop. I believe in the first half, one or two at best. And they were driving, the Chiefs were, when those stops happened. It wasn't like, it wasn't no three and out, all right? So I'm expecting to see the team go out on a shield to show that, all right, we're going to go out and we're going to perform the defense, right? If you're telling me the Eagles will score 35 and lose based on a stat that I started off with, I'm taking them to win. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to win the game. I'm looking at Jalen Hurts' stats. They're going to win the game. Right, but so the only thing was the only thing I was expecting, Zach, and I pass it to you. 
was for them to have a better showing. I said it before the show, Zach. I said the Chiefs, they put a lot of pressure on you on the defense because of what they do offensively, because of all the motion and all the action that's throwing you off at the line of scrimmage before the quarterback say, hut. But at the same time, the Eagles would do the same thing. So I was expecting this type of game, but I was not expecting this type of game from the defense. I thought they would have made at least a, a play or two. Yeah. So again, I think it's totally fair to say the Eagles defense is overrated, but I think when you look at Mahomes, an underrated trait of his is he never gets sacked. He's always, I think he's third to last, uh, 29th, if you go by that rank in, in the NFL in terms of getting away from sacks and getting away from the pressure. And the Eagles, like, again, I, I don't think their defense played particularly well, but they held Mahomes to 182 yards. Right. Well, it's an understatement. They played historically horrible. Right. Okay. Historically. Listen to this, though. They held Kelsey to 80 yards. That was the key for everyone going into this game. Yes. And guess what? When he got shut down, Juju went off. And Kadarius Tony went off. And they were wide open most of the time. There were three things Chiefs did. Three plays. It was like a pivot play where they scored on two of them. They did the same pivot play against the Jaguars. How about you watch film? Mr. Um, Gennon. But to me, that's the greatness of Andy Reid right there. Like, no, 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 it's not. No, Andy like, Reid is great. Don't get me wrong, Zach. Don't, don't misconstrue my words. Andy Reid is great. That's watching film. If somebody's doing the same thing over and over again, stop it. You got the leg up to watch the film and stop it and adjust. How about you adjust? If Andy Reid adjusts to what you're doing, how about you adjust to what he's doing? Otherwise, if you can't adjust, you probably never play nobody good. You probably never played a good coach at all in your schedule, right? If you can't adjust, if you was adjusting all year and your defense was looking stout, and the moment you see Andy Reid, you just get bombarded. It's not even close. Then maybe you're an overrated coach. Maybe you have an overrated defense. What happened to Son Reddick? What happened James Bradbury? What happened Darius Slay? On a one-horse open sleigh, what, what happened? Oh, Christmas didn't come today. Okay. <laughs> it's all good, Zach. It's all good. Yeah, just a couple anyway, more. Anyway, um, go ahead. Just a points I wanted to make on, on Andy Reid and the Chiefs. So I just think it's so interesting, right? And when I look at this Chiefs team, right, I think right now with this Super Bowl win following it, like there is no other franchise right now in the NFL I trust more than the Chiefs. And I, I say this to you all the time, right? The most important parts and components of your team are your quarterback, your head coach, and your GM. And I think now Patrick Mahomes has stone-cold concrete evidence that Andy Reid and Brett Veach are always going to do whatever they can do to put the best team out there on the field with them. And when I look at Andy Reid, you know, it's funny. He was in Philadelphia for a really long time, and he had a lot of success there, but he could never win the game, the big game. And that was always the narrative around Andy Reid. He lost conference championship game after conference championship game after conference championship game in Philadelphia. But the thing people don't talk about is the fact that his quarterbacks were Donovan McNabb and Jeff Garcia and Kevin Kopp. He never had an elite quarterback. But year in and year out, he had them winning 10-11 games every year and getting to the playoffs consistently. He first gets to Kansas City. You know, people forget this. The year before he got to Kansas City, the Chiefs won two games. He gets Alex Smith, who is good but a low-ceiling quarterback, and immediately they're in the playoffs. But he couldn't get over the hump in Kansas City, and he finally gets that elite talent in Mahomes, and he takes off. And he like one thing I always think about with head coaches, and I think Mike Tomlin said this, on a podcast I heard, but he always said it's, it's much easier to coach C level talent and make them B level players. But when you could elevate an A level talent to an elite, elite player consistently, that's what makes you 
a really good coach. And Andy Reid has done that with Mahomes. I think one of his biggest strengths is being able to coach him up and get him to just be consistently great year in and year out. And Brett Veach, I mean, the Chiefs made a pretty controversial move this offseason, right? They trade Tyreek Hill, one of the best deep threats, fastest players ever in the NFL that we've ever seen. And a lot of people didn't love that move. It was controversial. But the one thing about that move is that it allowed the Chiefs to be a much more balanced football team. When I'm comparing this Chiefs team to the team that won the Super Bowl a few years ago against San Francisco, their defense is significantly better. Their linebackers are significantly more athletic. And I think that's one thing that really did cost the Eagles in this game. They don't prioritize linebacker play, and it really came back to cost them. And I just think the way the Chiefs are run, I trust Andy Reid. I trust Brad Veach. Obviously, Mahomes is a legend. Everything he's doing, two Super Bowls, two MVPs, bringing that back uh, after they lose Tyreek Hill. Just what a player. And Jalen Hurts, I have no doubts about him that he could be the guy that could get the Eagles back in this game very soon. And before we move on to the subtopic, I just want to respond to that real quickly here. First of all, listen, man, I've been on the mic talking about Andy Reid um, because I think I'd rather talk about the things that people are not going to talk about. Everybody's going to come on here, Mahomes this, Mahomes that, and he played phenomenal. He's the MVP. I said he was the MVP. I said it for a reason. He had a hell of a year, 5,000 yards without Tyreek Hill. I said all that. But, um... You don't need to hear me keep on preaching it. You already hear it from first take, Nick Wright and all them guys over there and the Undisputed. You heard it You heard it on the show when my cousin was saying it. He made an emphasis on trying to drum that in my head. Anytime he found the opportunity to talk about the Chiefs, whether it was the take for 99 cent, whether it was the ride or die, whether it was his lap, he tried to do that. He got out of character trying to get me to debate. What am I baiting into? We know what he is already. Okay, but how about we talk about the guy that don't get the praise? That was very important to this run here in Andy Reid. Because if your quarterback is suffering from a sprained ankle, there's certain things he can and cannot do. And guess what? The X's and O's, guys was open. They were still able to overcome that. And if you don't have a good play caller that's going to be able to adjust to that, then guess what? It's nothing your quarterback can't do. He's hurt. So I saw the game. I'm watching the players on the field. My eyes are not fixated on the quarterback position. And credit to Mahomes, he had a good game. Jalen Hurts, even better game. But I'm watching everything transpire. I'm seeing guys open. I'm seeing Juju open. I'm seeing these guys open. They're wide open. Let's give credit where credit is due. Yes, we understand that Andy Reid did not win a Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb and, and um, Cobb. But he got to an NFC Championship game with them. That's a hell of an achievement. Eagle so, fans yeah. ran him out of town, though. That's what's so ironic about it. And they were yeah. wrong. And you know what? We'll see what happens. Because at the end of the day, they won the Super Bowl. You get as much rings as you can. Because guess what? It's never a problem to do it again next year. Because the last time I checked and I looked at history, the last team to do it was the Patriots. So it's going to be a long road. And I'm hearing my homes and everybody going to be back here next year. Yeah, I'll see you to believe it. How about you show me history? And maybe I'll take it in.